beautiful morning, sisters. Hey, don't fucking Fuck talk to us. Get the fuck out of here. Sister Ginevra. Sister Fernanda. Sister Alessandra. Sister Maria. These are your sins. Bling, bling, bitch, do my own thing, bitch. Filthy conversation. Mind your own fucking business. Lustfulness. <laughs> Homosexuality. It's too tight. Did you roll your eyes? No. You're rolling your eyes. Wake up, little bitches. Let me show you how to live. You are insane. You are insane. You gonna get me fucking killed? Bring me his goddamn balls. Preaching to you, little bitches. Did you hear what I said? These girls can be tough. I'm not gonna lie. They can be very tough. What is this shit? This is a turnip. That's not a turnip. It's shit. Who are you? Not fair. You're just stuck here with all these bitches. No! I have slept with another man's wife. Sometimes she would place her mouth around my sex. Oh, well, that's sodomy. I thought sodomy was just when someone would penetrate the rear. That's also sodomy. Right. Did you do that? I, I did. Am I for love is the rock? Oh, what is wrong with her? She is on drugs. All my hot girls with me. She Welcome to Film Punch. <laughs> I am one of the hosts that's here tonight. We actually just watched The Little Hours, which was directed by Jeff Dana for the opening night of the Chicago Critics Film Festival. And uh, we are sitting here right after seeing the film and the Q&A and we're going to just kind of hash it out and I'm going to let the other hosts introduce themselves. Who wants to introduce themselves sure. first? Um, I'm, I'm Isaac Benson-White. Mm -hmm. I'm Angela Shershin. I'm Brian Thompson. Dave Klingerman. Okay, and I'm Rebecca Martin. And uh, so I just want to try something different this time that hasn't been done called Film Punch that I think would add a little flair just to know the hosts a little bit more. So don't get too in-depth about this, but what's, based on what we just saw, what's a movie that you would suggest people go see? And if you can't think of it, we can hold it till the end. Why don't you do that? Okay, yeah. we'll do that. Okay. So I would be interested to hear what your initial reactions are to the film. Who wants to take this? I thought it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was a fine movie. It was a decent comedy. Um, was it perfect? No. But overall, I thought it was good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not really sure what to make of it, but I had a good time watching it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, overall I would recommend it. I had a good time. Sometimes it felt a little too much like it was just trying to be raunchy, you know, just a little a little too silly for its own good sometimes. Yeah. Like, but I, I had a good time. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, to, to be honest, I kind of wish I had known the historical background of it, which I'm sure we'll talk about. All right. Anyways, um, okay, my initial reaction to the film I I thought it was it was just kind of like a delight like in the sense that I didn't have to think too hard it was a movie that you know it, it's it's not gonna disturb me <laughs> it's not gonna like 
scar me in any way. I've been watching a lot of horror movies lately. Um, it's not gonna. It's it's a movie that it's just funny and goodness in a sense. Just the characters are just being their best at what they do. So yeah, the one thing about this movie, it was an extremely well cast movie. Mm-hmm. With that being said, everyone was cast as like their their stereotype, like Aubrey Plaza was being Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, Nick Hofferman was being Nick Hofferman. So if you like all those people in those type of roles, like if you like Nick Hofferman in Parks and Rec, you'll probably like his character here. Same, mm-hmm. you know, same thing with Aubrey Plaza and Amy Nucci. So it was very well cast. Yeah. What, what's the, the girl from Girls was in it too. Je- Jemima Kerr. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. She, she was exactly her girl's character. <laughs> the witch. The one. The witch. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, so I agree with you, but I was surprised how well all these different comedic voices meshed together. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like they were stepping on each other's toes. Mm-hmm. I felt right. like it really gave them a they chance to together. showcase. Collective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even when they were up on stage during the Q&A, you could kind of see that camaraderie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play off of each other really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And I feel like um, Jeff Mayna works... He's, he's kind of like an actor's director. And I some I always compare him to Joe Swanberg because they use kind of the same actors. Um, but he, he probably just let them shine. Like he wasn't like, it's going to be done this way, this way, this way. He wanted to do it the way that was going to work the best, you know? Um, and I got to say, there... I don't know if I'd classify this as a female comedy like Bridesmaids, but it definitely has like that kind of... It's a female driven. Yes. Yes. And And they're they're the ones driving the comedy. Right. Right. And uh, you know, it's funny if we got more uh, female questions for the Q&A that might have come up. But you know, it was just... I could have been up there, but I was going to ask a nerdy question, not not related to female comedy. So, it's so. interesting you brought that up, because there was one scene that kind of took me aback. Um, it was the scene where Aubrey and, what was her name again? Jem- Jemmy? Jemima Kirk. Jemima, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. When they went in to, I guess, kind of seduce Dave uh, DeFranco, where, um, you know, it was the two of them, like, they started off, like literally forcing him at knife point and you know if the genders were reversed in that situation the scene would have read completely differently yeah and i didn't really like that they had him like enjoy it towards the end yeah i had the I, exact same I thought, thought that uh. it was to be honest i thought that was a little bit lazy yeah on, on their part to, yeah to have that scene play out that way yeah I, I had the same thought where like this is exactly what they complain about from heterosexual rape scenes and yeah yeah, it just, it kind of completely fell into a yeah. so that was like the yeah. one scene that like completely took me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. I felt sort of similarly just with the, the I know it was like, it's definitely a different situation, but um, when Kate McCoochie's character, and where they're all getting drunk together, mm-hmm. and then um, towards the end, Kate McCoochie's character's like kind of falling asleep, and then yeah, um, they just like wrong. start like addressing her, that, yeah. and I was like, Ooh, yeah. Again, like if that the genders were different, that was like, yeah. That, was, mm. um, that honestly, some of those moments felt like a little bit showgirls. Yeah, I, I was almost worried that uh, Aubrey Plaza was going to take advantage of her while she was well, I, so I drunk think, when she put I think her to the bed. The implication was that that did happen because they talked about it later, like oh, last night 
I mean, last night. she was conscious, but she was drunk, and so I guess, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. So the difference she's not between fully, sorry, go ahead. Just I mean, yeah. I think that's rape technically because she's not fully mm-hmm. aware and able to get consent. It, it, it's, it's it's one thing to have those scenes, but it was the the treatment of the scenes. Like as I said, yeah. like they kind of just they didn't really. I guess they're like, this is a comedy. We're just gonna pretend that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say the the bridesmaids. If we're gonna compare the two for like, com, you know, women comics supporting each other in their roles. I think it was done well, but yet for those scenes that seemed kind of a bit off. The ones you guys just mentioned, because um, it wasn't. I mean, it was funny, but it was like, I, I don't know. I don't know my thoughts about it because sometimes comedy, you want to like push the envelope. You don't want to be so PC. But also, there are some things that just don't feel right, you know? So. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that not to have the scene. I'm just saying that they kind of fell into tropes with the scene. I just thought it was crazy. And it, I, I like what you said about like the treatment of the scene, not the scene itself, because it was treated as like, ah, ha, ha, good time, fun, and stuff. It was yeah. like, okay. And no. then, <laughs> like, even when he was talking to John C. Riley, like, after, he like, oh, yeah, that was a great day. Someone held a knife to my neck and right. tried to rape me. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. can we talk about John C. Riley? Because I think he was the best of the best in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I honestly do. I, I love him. He's so great. Like, he, he's, like, the only redeeming factor in a lot of movies. In this movie, he just worked well with everyone. Um, but... He just, I don't know if John C. Riley is like a, like John C. Riley. Yeah, he's got that, like, Chicago kind of, I mean, he's got something. What is it? What is it that he has when he's on screen and then you watch him and then you're like, I love this guy. I want to well, hang out with him. I want, like, what is it? It's like Bill Murray in a sense. Charisma. Yeah, but he just, whatever he talks, it's just like. He's the coolest dude. Like, yeah. Well, especially in this one, he seems like somebody you'd want to get a beer with because he's he does he does things that definitely aren't okay with the Catholic Church, but it's not yeah. to the extent that the other characters. Do. Oh, right, right, right. He's not. So do we do we spoil things? Do we? Yes, we're spoiling. So he's not in witchcraft or anything. Right. He just likes to drink and screw around with Molly Shannon. Yeah, exactly. But they're so, in love. But we still, yeah, yeah. Sort of say, it's not, that was treated much better. It's yeah, like a relationship. Exactly. And I thought that was something that was really fascinating is sort of the different tones in it because there were scenes where the tone felt like exploitative almost and then there were scenes where it was sort of like spoof where you, you're first like, oh, there's Middle Ages. Oh, they're swearing. Um, <laughs> and then that scene at the end where you're like, oh, they're like, you know, John C. Riley, Ronald Chan's character, are all happy together. And it's sort of like, how am I supposed to feel? It was like, it was confusing. There were just like a lot of different, like, tones that didn't always feel like it did synced up. Right. You know, I just thought of another movie, but I'll bring it in later. Um, I think a lot of this, okay, the setting, you know, Italy, where they're at, like, it's almost like you are in kind of like an old-time era. Um, 
forget where I'm going with this, but it, 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 it gives a different feel to the film than just if they were just doing like straight comedy. Yeah, it was <laughs> a good set that they were on. Yeah. And they said, what, was, what were they saying in the Q&A that it was a, a set that's not accessible? Uh, to many other well, films. It's not a set, it's a castle. I mean, yeah, yeah. a castle, sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, um, that sort of like, Japan had particular connection or something that got them in there. Um, yeah, I thought that that was really, that was really interesting, and it, you could like, feel that it wasn't in LA or something <laughs> like that, that it wasn't yeah. on a constructed set, and that was, honestly, that made, it made me think of Monty Python, because yeah, like, yeah. Uh, in the Holy Grail, it feels like, oh, wow, this feels like a castle or something, mm -hmm, you know, or like, mm -hmm. you know, like, it feel, felt authentic in some way. Um, yeah. Which was interesting with the clash with the authenticity feeling and then the, like, dialogue with this. Right, which is like today. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't trying to be, like, old-timey, because there, there are a lot of movies that I, they're all, like, rushing through my head right now. Where they talk like the the classic like talk a, a and, period piece. Yeah, and yeah. I can't yeah. I can't like do Shakespearean. Yeah, like um, that movie uh, Princess Bride, The Princess Bride. You know where it's like before and they stay they stay in character, but it also is really funny. Um, but I think for a Jeff Bano film, uh, the way the actors were worked. Because it would have been weird if they were trying to be something else. I, I think it was good that they were what they were. Um, and the costumes were good, too. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially for the female characters where they had the habits and it was solely focused on their face. And I mean, that's, that really showed the acting talents that they had, that they were so expressive with just their face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a good question where they were asking them about if, if, I guess, if it was different for them since you could only see part of their face. It's like, well, that's... Aubrey Plaza's eyes are just so yeah, big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think... I'm not as familiar with... Um, I mean, Alison Brie, I know a little bit, but I'm more familiar with Aubrey Plaza from her Parks and Rec character. But she's usually very expressive. Right. So, um, Alison Brie, she, she's probably the most dynamic, I feel like in terms of like, you know, all the other characters are comics and they were kind of staying their roles. Alison Brie is really good at, you know, she was like in Mad Men and she was in Community and she, um, the last movie, Joshi, she plays a really serious role. Um, so I thought she did a really good job like with comedy. She just seems brilliant. She could be drama and comedy, which is great. <clears throat> but I thought she, for the role she played, it was, it was, uh, it was good. Um, I thought it was interesting what they were saying in the Q&A that um, back in these times, these kind of like medieval times, that people were sent to the coven. Um, yes. Yeah, that's like school for like education. And you know, we saw that with Alison Brie's character that she didn't actually want to be there. She just wanted to be married off. But, so yeah, so what was genuine was like the 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 atmosphere, the the, the where they were filming, um, the music, the the music, yeah, and the old time lettering that they had. Um, so with that, they were really like uh, true to, I guess, the genre. I don't know, or the story. 
What would the genre be called? Um, the, the, nunneries. The no, fornicating I mean, nuns I genre. Think, um, how Netflix uh, categorizes this as like a quirky independent comedy. I think that's what it, what Netflix would say. I think it's kind of a spoof, you know, like like some kind of Mel Brooks movie where where he looks at like the Star Wars or Frankenstein. Well, there were a few know. Jewish mentions, so. Yeah. Well, it also it feels like some of those movies from like the late 60s, early 70s, it even tried to, I felt like even with the camera, it, like the visually, mm-hmm. it appeared like that, and I, I mean, if I had gone into this cold and I didn't know who Aubrey Plaza was, I wouldn't think anything of it, because it starts with like the sweeping planes and the choral yeah, music, right. but until they start cursing out the handyman, you know, it seems like one of those movies. Uh-huh. They were so mean to that guy. But that was the whole point of him being deaf and mute, so they wouldn't do that to him. Can we talk about Fred Armisen for a second? Yes. He had, his yes. character was really good. Oh my god, he was great. I like how he was the straight man, but he was also really funny. Uh-huh. I think my favorite line was when he's passing down the punishments, where he's like, listing all the sins, he's like, consuming blood. He's like, you realize I never had to write that down. Yeah. Though it did seem like it could have been one of his Portlandia characters, but that's okay. Yeah, well, and then he kept doing the ringing. He's like, nope, that's not enough. I gotta, I gotta keep ringing at it. Yep. So, yeah, that that was funny. <laughs> when, in the Q&A, when Aubrey Plaza said something about like her role as producer and helping assemble the cast, you could tell, because a lot of these people must have done it because they were friends with each other, because Fred Armisen's in two scenes or something. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a couple of people like right, that. Right, right. Like, they have these big names, like Molly Shannon, too. She's... Yeah. I could have I could have used a little bit more of her, but yeah, <laughs> but, so. I know, right, right. She 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 was good, and I kind of liked her with um, Kate Mikushi. I liked them together. Like I wish I could have seen them do more. Yeah. And can we talk about Kate Mikushi? She she's such a she's probably the most ballsy chick I've ever seen. Like, in the sense that she doesn't give a fuck and she just is like, her. I, am, I admire her a lot. Because she doesn't let, she's hurt. You can tell. Like, she's like, I'm going to put the blood on my face and let the black hair, like, go crazy and I'm just going to run around naked and I don't give a fuck. Like, I think that's awesome. Like, she's so great. I know a few people at this table who's had heard of Sorry, Garfunkel Notes, so if there's anyone out there that hasn't, go to YouTube, yes. search Garfunkel Notes. Um, it's a comedy deal that Kate's part of, and it's extremely clever, extremely clever stuff. So this is definitely, yes. her character is definitely like in her personality. Right. Sure. And then she's, she mentioned like a song about nuns. Was that in the show? No, she was talking about, they did this song. <coughs> Sorry, now it's me. Um, you did this song that's talking about how, uh, like, Catholic school girls, they're wearing purity rings, but they're actually having anal sex, but because it's not in the vagina, it's Because it's, it's the sex that God can't see. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's called the loophole. Yes, yes, yes. So that's that's one of their songs. But I think she must have had another song, and she said she wrote a song about Jean and Because I thought that was fascinating in the Q&A, yeah. where she said, like, 
you know, I've always wanted to be a nun. And I sort of felt like, of course you have. Yes. Like, yes. you know, like, if you watch Garfunkel and Oates, she's into like puppets and stuff. Yes. Too. She just like, she just is unabashedly into stuff, you know? Um, it's so I feel great. like there must have been a different one. Although I thought that it was really great that she's sort of, somebody was like, you know, like, was anyone uncomfortable with anything that you did in the movie? And she said, well, you know, when you write a song, they'll fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus. You know, like, it's kind of uh, kind of hard to come back. And even when she did uh, It Easy, the Joe Swamper yes. uh, on Netflix, like, her her character was pretty out there, pretty ballsy. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, they call her for the ballsy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and she, and, uh, I guess I uh, should have just said. So in Easy, she's she ends up doing a engaging in a threesome with a couple that takes yeah, the Orlando Bloom and Orlando Bloom and what's the actress's name? Um, oh. Ackerman is it or no? Um, um, starts with an M. It'll come to yeah. me. See, this is where I'm losing my my stuff. Um, oh, no, she's in uh, she's in the Twenty Seven Dresses. Right? Yeah, she's in that movie. She's the younger <laughs> sister. Yeah. I think it, I think her name's Malin Ackerman, but I could be wrong in that. Yeah. Um, and then what about uh, Dave Franco? Thoughts? I always confuse him and Dave Well, they they look a lot alike. They're going to be in that, that room movie together. Disaster artist. Yeah, yeah. which is going to be great. Well, <laughs> yeah. that hasn't come out yet. No. It's been screened at South by Southwest. But How did it do? Did you hear? I heard it got good buzz. Like, Al was talking about it the other night. He said it got a lot of good oh, buzz. I'm, yeah, I've only heard amazing things. Yeah. I bet. It's got to be great. And I know that the guy who's, um, who wrote the book, he had yeah. a lot of... Uh, Say. Greg Sestero. Yeah, Greg Sestero. Yeah. And that book is amazing. Yes, so I love I, that book. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see the movie. Um, yeah, so Dave Franco, he was the sexy guy. <laughs> the sexy guy who was around sexy for, men. For someone who was put in the nunnery to... Fix things. To fix things, he kept making things worse. <laughs> He, he tried not to, and then he just kind of like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you could say that you helped them kind of figure out what they want. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. That's, <laughs> he's fixing in a way, fixing their, their desire. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout-out to Black Narcissist, which you guys said you haven't seen, but I just want to say... Okay, so Black Narcissist is a movie that came out in the 40s, and it's about three nuns, and one of them, this guy, this man, this like handyman, which is weird because it's so similar the setup. This handyman comes, and there's like no men there, and then they get struck with this like fever of desire, and it's just like you can feel the sexual tension like crazy, and you're just like something's gonna happen. It's almost like a manic type of desire you know so go see that movie like I think it's a good pairing with this one I didn't feel the the manic desire in this film but I did enjoy like the the comedy around it because you know you don't want to take it too far right it's a comedy you don't want to take it to like I did love the scene where the two guards are 
Offerman, man, he he just the things he would say were really inappropriate. But then you're like, it's Dick Offerman, so it seems cool. But he's talking about being with like a a girl, like that's around twelve or something. You know, like like it's normal. (laughs) And the walled up is former wife. I know. To be fair, for the 1300s, that might have been normal. Yeah, maybe, but it's just funny coming out of Nick Offerman's <laughs> mouth because he he was also talking about the torture area, like his tool shed. Um, <laughs> so I just was like, this, I think that's what made it funny. So that made sense. I felt like um, this movie to me felt like less of a story. I mean, obviously there's a story, but like less of like a really rich story and more like a fun party exactly yeah all these fun people are there yeah and like so and honestly it almost felt like you know like a sitcom when a when a big famous person walks in so like fred armison when he arrived he was like <laughs> i know right because <laughs> right. it was like this cool guy walked in yeah you know? and so it was less like oh the story was like gripping and stuff and yeah it was like it was fun because you're hanging out with these exactly people. exactly no i agree and i feel like no character was boring which was good because if anybody was boring it would be it wouldn't work <laughs> um and then <laughs> this movie I, I think it's just a bunch of funny scenes you know a bunch of different funny things like the witches like running around naked <laughs> i'm sorry i can't stop thinking about kate Makushi or whatever, like running naked into the the fire and everybody's stopping, and then she like jumps on Shamaya's character. Like she was doing it for like a solid minute. Yeah, but then they realize she's not a part of us. Or yeah. Wait a minute, who's that? Yeah. Yeah, and just like that's gonna make me smile for a while. Just and and the bird she's putting blood on her cheeks. And she just like decides to run at Dave Franco and like tackle him, and, it, and then she's like, "I like women." Sorry. Interpretation of like the Aubrey's earlier scene was just like so excellent. Yeah, she like drinks the stuff that she wasn't supposed to drink, and she like and I just like she cuts this huge gash in her face, like. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like it, like she missed it. Aubrey just cut her finger I know, a little bit. Delicately, and like <laughs> she's like smearing this yeah. gash all over her face. No, was, yeah. <laughs> like I just want to hang out with her. Like she's exactly. she's probably the most like the most person like the person I most want to hang out with. Totally. Like yeah. And I sidebar real quick and just say like when I went up to do a question, I really wanted to be like. Kate, you're so great, you're so awesome, but then like a guy, that other other guy did it. like, we should hang out after this, I'm like, oh. Yeah, he did it in a sleazy way. <laughs> he did it in a weird way, yeah, yeah. I was like, 
dang it. So I decided no, I give you not to kudos for going up there, though. So. Yeah, you're actually you did really good. Back to your normal guy, white guy with glasses. That was that was good. <laughs> yeah, I, I that's who it seemed to be. Because I actually wanted to ask about black narcissists, and they would have been like buzzkill. So that's that's why I'm glad I didn't go up there, because it would have been not funny anymore. <laughs> So, I guess slightly different topic. So, one thing with this movie is it has a sort of sort of resolution, but sort of open ending, where yeah. uh, they rescue Dave Franco from Nick Offerman's castle, uh-huh. and um, then you see Molly Shannon and John C. Riley. I love that part. So, I guess it's you know, so great. What do you think happens? Like, what does the next day look like? Oh, that's interesting. Well, I thought it was interesting how um, Aubrey Plaza's character Fern- is her name Fernanda. Or is that, I don't know, there was a lot of names, but she's just like looking at the donkey, like, (laughs) she doesn't want to leave until she gets the donkey, like, I thought it was interesting, but yeah, after that, um, who knows, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of thought that, um, I didn't really think about it, but I'm I'm assuming that John C. Riley and Molly Shannon, like, ran off together. Because, yeah. I mean, he lost his priesthood, right? Right, and then he didn't, like... Yeah. Right. But he doesn't have to do that. I mean, they told him to do that. He doesn't have to do it. It's not like they're forcing him to. He could just He could just leave <laughs> yeah. the Catholic Church, <laughs> I guess. Oh, that's true. I didn't really yeah, think about say, that. That's, that's a, that's yeah, thing. that's a good point. That they would still be meeting up in secret. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what happened there. I hope so, because otherwise, I don't think... If Molly Shannon leaves the convent, I don't think anybody else is going to run it. And it's gonna, yeah, they're like, going to just really go crazy. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> It'll like, become a witch's coven, most yeah, likely. Much, <laughs> yeah, I would assume that um, the, uh, the the four, the three nuns and, and Dave Franco, and who knows? I mean, maybe he and Allison Brie hooked up and then... Um, Aubrey Plaza and the other girl hooked up. You know, who knows? Well, I feel like Aubrey <laughs> Plaza is going to go full on witch eventually. Yeah. Because that was what she was doing on yeah. the sly, you know? So. Yeah. I did like her line about, oh yeah, I was hoping to get all of you to join my cabin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Kate McCoochie's character was like, flattered. Like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so great. Yeah, yeah that was. That was a good time. Um, okay, so this would probably be a good time to, unless you guys have want to comment on some other stuff. Any more comments? Okay. okay. Um, so I would like you guys to recommend a film based on what we just watched. Dude, I was supposed to be thinking about that this whole time. That's okay. And we could come to your last if you prefer. Um, I will recommend the movie I just keep talking about, um, Black Narcissist. And it's by the directors who did the Red Shoes. So Michael Powell and the other guy. Um, I'll come. Yeah, I'll I'll put that in the notes. But yeah, Black Narcissus is a good serious version of this film. Yeah, so. the the only recommendation I can really think of is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, that's the only thing that can really comes close. Okay. <laughs> So because it's a genre spoof and because I watched it this week, I couldn't help but think of Clue. Oh, I love that movie. Because I watched it because I recently got access to a friend's Hulu account, and it's on there this week. So, so, yeah. So it just made me think because that one, 
I feel it's clearly a spoof of all these murder mysteries of the 40s and 50s, but at the same time, it gets the aesthetic, which is perfect. Mm. You know, the art direction. It is. And yeah. I couldn't help but think of that, mainly because I just watched it, but watching this, I couldn't help but think of Clue. That's a good one. So. Good one. And if you haven't seen it in a while, Go see it holds it. up. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it yeah. does hold I've up. I've seen that like a hundred times at least. It, it's a great movie. Okay. It's on Hulu too. Um, it was, but Is it I gone? Think, I think MTV, Damn it! I didn't yeah. make it all the way through it. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably on Amazon, right? I think it's mainly on MTV's okay. website. Okay. Okay. Actually, you I probably can buy it off of Amazon. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, TV series actually recommendation as well, and say if you want more Kate Mikuji and who doesn't. Go and watch Garfunkel uh, and Oates. Uh-huh. It's on Netflix. Because, I mean, they are a comedy duo and they have stuff on YouTube, but they made a TV series that I think was only one season. Yeah. It's on Netflix and it's wonderful. Uh-huh. And there's puppets and there's <laughs> all sorts of weirdness in it. Yeah. So, if you like Kate Makuchi, go check that out. Cool. All right, guys. Well,. I think we just, oh, you got something? Oh, right, right. We got to plug our stuff. <laughs> I always thought that sounds really dirty. Um, no, no, no. I mean, I'd like to promote our podcast in an appropriate way. Um, so, uh, Twitter. Twitter. You can find us on at Film Punch Meetup, and we are a meetup, so you can find us on meetup.com slash Film Punch Podcast. There, it's just all these things. Um, and then also, I just want to plug something that, sorry, plug something that I, I my other podcast, uh, Fresh Perspective, um, I do, I co-host that with Jeff Breitman, and Angela was actually just recently a guest host. Um, we talked about the setup from 1949, 1949 for our uh, movies in real time theme. So uh, the first one we did was set up. Next one we're gonna do is of course yeah. that's it. Sorry, real time. You can find that on the Now Playing Network um, slash Fresh Perspective, and you can find Film Punch on iTunes. So. Yes. Did you guys have anything you wanted to promote? Just wanted to add. So we also have a Gmail account. It's filmbunch at gmail.com. So if you wanted to give us any direct feedback or if there's any movies you'd like to see it or hear us much in the future, feel free to email us directly there. Cool. And next we're going to be talking about Boyhood. See you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bling bling bitch, do my own thing bitch Fuck a wedding ring, that ding-a-ling was just a fling bitch This is magic, I can't have something hit you Bring that ding-a-ling was just a fling bitch